welcome to another night at the round table tonight we will be going over a documentary i know what i saw uh 2009 history channel is it a history channel original by the way you got me zinger i'm david well, this is Derek, and I'll chime in. I think history had something to do with it because they're on the uh, little poster there in IMDb, but my guess is it was something filmed independently, and History Channel picked it up. I'm going with that because at the beginning of the one I watched as the you know UFO network or T- UFO TV, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so we watched I Know What I Saw, which is an older documentary, uh, 132 minutes. We did not watch the Lifetime original movie, I Know What I Saw, because there's also that that came out in 2007. And we did not read the book by um, Linda Gottfried, I Know What I Saw. That's a good book. That's a good book. Yeah, it is. And also, on that fun note, um, she also has a book called Monsters Among Us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ha-ha-ha. We, we watched this documentary, and I gotta say, it wasn't bad. It's just blatantly outdated from 2009. Because it was not the documentary I thought it was until I started watching it. So, this was my pick. My bad, but I may, I, <laughs> I gathered some stuff from this, so I think we can salvage this, guys. Unless you got any positive things to say about the documentary up front. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good, actually. Um, in terms of just kind of collecting and archiving a lot of different uh, sightings and stuff, including some well-known ones and lesser-known ones. I, th- I thought it was pretty good for um, what it was. I think the director, James Fox, uh, did some good stuff with it, which we can get into later. Uh, I, I definitely want to get into that. Derek? Um, yeah, I actually did like it as, as well, although I will admit it was very dry. Um, it's been a long day for me, and I'm was kind of nodding off there a few times and maybe to me you know i knew every one of these stories nothing here was a surprise to me uh, humble brag but yeah. uh <laughs> maybe that had, had something to do with you know the the uh mundane fashion of the film but like you said it, it's from 2009 so it's a little older uh it's not brand new so it's it moved a little slower and that kind of thing but there was a lot of good information like flora said which is what I decided to do with this was to go over some of the sightings and stuff they talked about and get our three's opinion on each of them. Since I feel like that would be a great way to go over this. It's fresh in our minds and everything. So the initial documentary starts off with them talking about the Phoenix Light. Phoenix Light, of course, taking place in March of uh, 1997. So, God, that's getting up there in time now almost 30 years ago closer to 30 years than 20 so but but this 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 sign took place of course over um over phoenix and over the states of nevada and arizona so i guess i'm gonna go to the expert the the self-proclaimed expert Derek hayes first for this one Derek, (laughs) what are your thoughts on the phoenix lights I think David and I both just puckered up at the same time. Like, which one is he going to label the expert? Well, you you claimed it, so go for it, man. I don't I don't know that I claimed it, but uh, the Phoenix Lights. So that was certainly an interesting uh, series of events there. And one of the things that to this day still you know catches my attention is well, in this documentary it is a really good example. You, they talk to all the witnesses out there, and you actually see uh, their. Uh, passion and what they're talking about, what they claim to have seen. 
And on top of that, there was two different sets of sightings that night. There was mm-hmm. the early sighting, which was the quote-unquote legitimate sighting. And then an hour or so later, there was what looked like military flares drop in the exact same place, which to me sounds like some sort of cover-up was going on. Uh, you know, I'm not an expert on the Phoenix Lights, despite what Zenger thinks. But if I had to say, I would say that something showed up and the military kind of swooped in to, to cover it up. All right. I, what about you? I, I think Derek hit all the the points on that. Um, I, I feel the same way. The first sighting that you could track across state lines with the sightings that people had in the reports, I think that's a lot more legitimate. And the the one that was over um, the, the mountain out there, um, which we have one, at least one video of that's pretty famous where you see mm-hmm. the lights kind of flickering out here and there. Uh, somebody has has put up a um, kind of an outline of that mountain in the daytime, and it. I think, according to them, it it seems like it corresponds to them disappearing behind that mountain in in spots, and that's why it's so kind of random which ones blink in and out, um, or not in. I guess they just blink out. But um, yeah, I'm with Derek. I think that the first one was a lot more legitimate. You have a ton of people that report it and see it and that's what makes it so compelling uh and then somebody either either something was coincidental with flares you know out there dropping that night they had it on the on the books or they swooped in and were like shoot this is something we either don't know or it is one of ours that (laughs) was going so fast that pilot didn't know what to do and (laughs) and so let's get some flares up there and just tell everybody it's flares yay i don't know so so one of the things they point out is that this was all done by A-10 aircraft, which not a super military expert, not super familiar with everything that flies in the sky. But if I'm remembering correctly, I feel A-10 warthogs are, if I remember correctly, they have a very noticeable sound. Yeah, you, you, and, you, have a, you have a clip of that sound, right? Right here. I'm, I'm inserting it right here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no, I mean, it, 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 it's a very, like, noticeable sound it's supposed to have, and no one reported that. Yeah. And it's, these these also, A-10s are not like, you know, the jets that fly, they're, they're the big things with the machine guns on the front that are designed to take out tanks. They're not meant for, like, super high flying or stuff like that. So it's really weird that that would be the go-to excuse of, oh, it was A-10s. The... the... There was the fact that a lot of people just said it was silent, too, that first sighting, yeah, right? And, yeah, and the, the, these have very distinct engine sounds to them, which I'm pretty sure people would report. But well, all jets do. I mean, if oh, you yeah. think about it, there, there's yeah. not too many aircraft out there that are silent, especially uh, back in 97. The, yeah. The drone technology just simply wasn't there. Unless this was an early drone. Ooh. Who knows? But no, I, w- I wanted to pick, pick your old brain about this one and everything. Because, I, I mean, like you said, it's there, there's a lot of this that's unexplained. And not to sound super conspiracy theorist, but I think the government knows more about this than they're letting on. And this is the kind of disclosure I would want. Because this was before we had soft disclosure and before we had the To the Stars Academy stuff. That I'm sure stuff like the press conference, stuff like that, they touch on in this, that sort of leads to what we know now years later. But um, moving on to the next sighting they talked about, 
or the next thing that I felt was pertinent for us to discuss, the thing that kicked off this whole flying saucer craze, the Kenneth, Kenneth Arnold sighting, uh, taking place in June of 1947. Uh, Kenneth Arnold claims to have seen a string of nine shiny unidentified flying objects as he flew past Mount Rainier. His, the estimated speed was 1,200 miles an hour. So, Flora, I'm going to swing the ball in your court for this one. I have no... Um, I there, There's nothing I can say that would debunk this. I don't think there's anything to debunk. It's, it's a sighting that uh, he had. He's a pilot, and uh, he was pretty vehement about what he saw, and... Um, there were multiple, I think, saucer-shaped objects that he saw, wasn't there? There wasn't just one that was bouncing around. It was like seven it, to nine. It, yeah. yeah, it was seven to nine. I think it's uh, it's interesting, and yeah, I don't know what um, I, I don't know that you could really uh, say one thing or another confidently uh, about it because at that time, I mean, forty-seven—that's very early days with uh, even jet fighters. So mm-hmm. um, if they're seeing something that maneuvers just like he said if that's true then yeah that there's something going on there that is uh, beyond human capacity at the time anyway the thing that gets me about this case is uh it's like two weeks later roswell takes place yeah mm-hmm. and it, between kenneth arnold sighting roswell and i think there was one other i don't know if it was like shag harbor or something um like that. um the Maury, the Maury Island. Maury Island incident. Yeah. I had, had them backwards. One, one's in uh, Seattle and the other one's in Maine, I think, or Newfoundland or something. Yeah, so they're on yeah, opposite um, ends of the country. Yeah. But they happened right around the same time. And yeah. I think that was the first Men in Black case, too, the, the Maury Island uh, you incident. You are correct. Which is funny because the Kenneth Arnold case was the first use of the term flying saucer. Mm-hmm. He described them as skipping across the sky like, uh, I think it's in this documentary, actually. He yeah. says this clip. Uh, he describes them skipping across uh, what looked like the water, like a like a saucer would. So then the the papers picked it up all the flying saucer. Yeah, because they talked about before that during World War II they would be known as Foo Fighters, which is where we get the band name, <laughs> the Foo Fighters from. Uh, the the other interesting thing about this, I can't remember. I think it's a Popular Mechanics um, cover where it has like the swooped wing sort of flying object that like a looks boomerang kind of thing yes it looks reminiscent well, it's like a flying saucer with a bite taken out of it is yeah. basically what it looks like yeah and it looks reminiscent enough to us nowadays like oh that that looks vaguely like a a bomber like one of our stealth oh. bombers mm-hmm. and like i said vaguely but it's like it's weird that correlation that my mind goes to seeing that now with our present day of mind was that what was flying around back then I'm not saying it was. I'm just saying it's a weird sort of correlation. Uh, but, of course, correlation is not causation. My thing is, it this, that's what kicked off the whole craze. And I found it interesting that they used him to sort of do other investigations, too, for a little bit. Because I'm like, is, was he the expert after that? Of like, oh, he saw this. Bring, bring, bring him in. But also, I keep thinking Maury Island was, like Derek, was on the other side of the country. I keep forgetting it was near where he lived, so it's not like that out there, I guess. 
So. And there's something strange about that area. His sighting was over the Olympics in Washington State, and mm-hmm. I get a ton of report, UFO reports from uh, not only Washington State, but the Pacific Northwest in general. I mean, dozens upon dozens compared to other places. So there, there's something strange going on up there. I just you know don't know what it is. Um, that's, um, <clears throat> well, I guess it's not that close to Mount Shasta, but that's another place that's uh, kind of a hot spot. That's Northern California. Um, but there, there, there has been some talk about those places, at least Mount Shasta and stuff in the Pacific Northwest mountain wise, that is, uh, one of the, uh, entrances to the hollow earth. And that's why lots of stuff comes in and out of there. Uh, Batsquatch even has, has been linked Ooh, to some of that Batsquatch. stuff. But, um, I think the, from what I'm seeing online, the, um, stealth bomber you were, you were mentioning, when we got around to designing that, yeah. that was that wasn't till like the mid seventies that I think they even started designing it. So Allegedly. that's you know almost thirty years later. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, well, I was about to say. I was about to say if you guys remember, there was a show on Sci-Fi called um, Oh, gosh, I'm trying to remember what it was. It wasn't Sign. It was like Steven Spielberg exactly produced it. Dakota Fanning yeah. was in it. Taken. Oh, taken. Taken. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a scene in there where it's like right after World War II, like about 10 years later, and they have the stealth bombers flying around the base, and they're like, yeah, we're not going to be disclosing those for about another 20. It, sorry, that just made me think of that show, which I haven't seen in years, so God knows how good that is anymore, or if it even holds up. But, like, that, that that's something, like, very, very point in time. Speaking of point in time and staying in Oregon, uh, something I found interesting was we get the McMinnville UFO photos. Um, they're the one that looks like the pie, like mm-hmm. literally looks like a pie. Someone took a pie saucer and threw it up in the air uh, from McMinnville, Oregon, taken in 1950. They're also known as the Trent UFO photos. So I was about to say they, they showed it and I think they interviewed the photographer's wife because he had passed on by then um i don't know if you guys wanted to talk about these real quick the it looks fake like they look so (laughs) fake but they're always held up as such legit photos you know it's funny when i was a kid i always had those reader's digest um you know paranormal book series yeah i didn't have them my grandparents had them and whenever i go over there i just dive into those things and the UFO book was obviously one of my favorites, and the McMinn photo was in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, McMinnville, sorry. And uh, I thought the same thing when I was a kid, like seven, eight, nine years old. I'm thinking, this looks like a, a pie plate. Looks like they just threw it up there and took the picture. But yeah, like you said, it's held in high regard for some reason. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. And and maybe, I might be wrong on this. I, I, I get a lot of these confused lately, but did they just release new photographs of of the McMinnville uh, case, I haven't heard that were that were held up by the government for some reason. I, I may I'm, be mixing this up with a different case, but maybe three months ago there was a new picture that was released involving one of these famous old cases. Um, while David responds, I'm going to take a look. I'm I'm looking at the photo right now, and you can tell you know it's a uh, it it looks like someone threw a. Uh, hotel bellboy bell 
and it, you know it's got kind of a, a flat bottom to it and then you can see there's a little dome and something there on on top but um i'm i'm wondering when when we see old, especially old pictures i always wonder about uh shutter speed things like that with cameras because it's hard today to capture something moving with the phone that just doesn't make it a mess um and so i'm just wondering you know what what do you guys think about photos that look very pristine in what you're looking at um even if it was thrown in the air you'd think there'd be some kind of blur right well there's i think there's three total photos you have like one where it's sort of banking you have one where it's more straight on and i can't remember what the other one is but and it it is taken in quick succession and you didn't have like auto mode or anything like that on these it's they're it's it's compelling how much of the test of time this is this is held up to though like it's something i i mean i don't ever see anything saying it was hoaxed or someone came out like with Nessie, the, mm. the famous surgeon's photo and on their deathbed when I was the one that, that was, that made the boat. Like right. there, there's no one saying I'm the one that flew the, through the pie tin. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Well, I, I go, go ahead, Derek. Uh, I was just going to chime in with what David was saying. Uh, maybe back in the day and I, I don't know what camera was used and you know, I'm not a camera expert either. But uh, I, I think back then the cameras were kind of cheaper and they had like a wide uh, focus range or a focal length uh, so that they could accommodate any range. If you're taking a close-up picture, then you're in focus. If you're taking a, a distant shot, it's going to be in focus. And the camera speed determines how blurry things are. So if it was bright outside, the camera speed's probably really quick and that'll cut down on any uh, blurring of the image. One thing I want to point out and I didn't really realize it until just now. I Googled it, too, while you guys were talking. And Do you guys remember the, uh, I think it was the Nimitz or the, the one of those that, that came, oh, here it is. Actually, I just found it. Uh, let me tell you which one this one is. Uh, killer Radio right here. Uh, <laughs> it was one of those military, I'm still trying to find out which one. This one's off the coast of Florida, so if that narrows it down to anybody. But it's the same shape that this McMinnville UFO is. It's uh, it's like an oval, and then uh, it's got that little point on the top that looks like a, like a Kaiser's helmet from World War One or something. Have to go fight the Kaiser. Are you guys able to find this this image? Then that Um, sounds like that one picture of the McMinnville. It's because it's got something sticking up in the middle of it. Yeah, it's just got a little point at the top. Now in the gimbal, that's the name of this one because it looks like a Um, gimbal, I believe. I, uh, I typed go fast. I typed, because I thought it was the go fast. Oh, nope, go fast is the other one, so I'll type in. Nope, yeah, try pulled up both of UFO. them. It, it pulled up both of them. It it looks like it has the top on both sides almost. Yeah, that is weird. I was about to say, Derek, thank you. That is very, I would have never thought to put those two pieces together because I was going to. What's the date on that second one? Florida one? Uh, uh, um, 2010, I believe. Whoa! Was when that was. Whoa! Sixty a, years later. Yeah, that's that's a slow flight. <laughs> 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 well, Made yeah, it all I, across America. You you got to assume that 
you know, if you keep seeing the same shape over and over and it's reported over and over, photographed over and over, it's got to mean something. Um, even if it's the same hoaxer or something, you know, it, it means something. Hmm. Well, I tricked that guy in Oregon. I'm going to trick the U.S. Navy now with the pie tater. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Just chucks it in the air. Like, like I said, the, the, there's a lot of, there's other ones that I didn't type on here, but if, I mean, if you search McMinnville photo um, and go to images, there there is like a few of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, I cannot remember. It's the one where the guy took it and it was like flying across in front of his... um his car or his truck and he took several photos of it and it's the smoker neck smokering at the end. I oh yeah. Remember. I know which one you're I, talking about. I was about to say Der- Derek's going to know, but not remember the name. So I don't know the name yet, but I, it, I, I am I familiar with the image. Or I images just had it be. pulled up too. And that's the, it's the sad part. Um, so I guess moving on while I look that up to the, on the side, um, I, I guess our conclusion on this is, I mean, it looks fake, but, maybe legit we're talking about mcminnville yeah yeah we're, oh, we're yeah. I, I i guess conclusion to the mcminnville photo hoaxed yeah. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, who knows i mean it's a long time ago speaking um, people take it seriously so who knows speaking of inconclusive um findings project blue book the U.S. government's effort from 1952 to 1969 to basically be like, there's nothing in the sky. And um, preceded, of course, by Project Grudge and Project Sign. And uh, basically their summation on this was, yeah, there's there's nothing for you guys to worry about. <laughs> uh, but it took uh, J. Allen Hynek from a very solid in the camp of these are fake to being very skeptical by the end of it. Um, I don't, okay. I went to David for the last one. Go into Derek for this one. Derek thoughts on the project blue book and the fact that it turned Heineck from a skeptic to a believer by the end. And is swamp gas a legitimate thing that you get reports of on your show? I, I first, I question whether or not Heineck changed his mind. I, I'm kind of un, in the understanding that he thought this way the whole time, and he just wasn't able to uh, verbalize any of this information mm. that he had. Mm. And actually, there was clips in this documentary that kept, that supported that theory. Uh, they showed two juxtaposing clips, one from, I don't know, the 60s at some point, and the other one was from the late 70s. And he's just he's contradicting himself the entire time. And that tells me that, you know, the program's over. He's no longer working with the government he can be a little more loose-lipped, I think, ten years later. Yeah. All right. And what That's... was the other? What was the other question? Oh no, just I, I just was saying your thoughts on Project Blue Book with them basically summing up everything as oh well, I think what was it? They only like found like five percent was unexplained by the end of it, or they claimed only five percent was unexplained. Was this the government attempting to cover up something, or do you think they were putting in a legit effort the whole time? They were covering everything up. All right. Blue, Blue Book wasn't for us. It, well, yeah. it, let, let, let me rephrase that. It was for us, but not how we think. It was it was designed to deceive us, to keep us in the dark. Uh, in the dark of what? I don't know. I don't I don't know what was out there that they were keeping from us. But that's definitely what that program was set up for. It was either so you that can spy or, plane. It was either that or it was um, it was just run by somebody who didn't care. That's I I got I've read a lot of stuff about it that 
It seemed hmm. like one of the guy, at least one of the guys in charge, was just like, yeah, 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 get your report in here. Who cares? Let's just sign off on this and get it back. Who cares? Like, that's kind of the impression that I got. It, nobody literally said that, but it was kind of one of those military things where it's like, hey, will you do this? All right, fine, if I have to. Let's do this. Here's some report. I don't know. I, I got that impression uh, of it. So, yeah, I, I agree with Derek. It could either be that it's uh, completely for the public to shut him up or it was just kind of like a joke. Uh, or uh, taken as a joke by whoever was leading it. Just too old school for it or something. You know what I mean? Probably a little I, of all of that. Could honestly. be, yeah. But, I, I, I'd... sorry, the, the Heineck stuff, like, he was saying that later clip, which was like a Johnny Carson or a knockoff Johnny Carson show or was, something. Yeah. Uh, he was, it sounded like he was saying things that kind of pissed him off about the whole um project the whole thing he was involved mm -hmm. with where he was like uh this you know they they are changing things they are doing stuff that is not what we uh found or the reports and stuff were not you know adding up to what was experienced things like that so it does seem like he was a little more loose about what he was saying that le that later stuff i i like derek's response because i can also see the military assigning it to somebody who did not want to do it yeah. was like, this is a bum. This is a bum thing. I'll do whatever I need to do to get through the, the years of doing it. And then I'm, I, you know, this is a means to it and I can move on to something else afterwards and just did not take it seriously nor cared about it. Um, yeah, I, 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 I can, a, sorry, go ahead, Justin. No, I, I, I can 100% see that. And Heineck being like towing the line at the beginning is also something I can totally see. Because I, I think it is the swamp gas thing that, that he like claimed like later <laughs> that he hated the fact that he had to say that. What, yeah. Was he the one that was like, the the military has like a list of stuff that they just say things are, like balloons, swamp gas, atmospheric yeah. conditions, birds. light. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I claimed birds a couple times. <laughs> I, what, Sandhill Creek? Oh, <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I've told you both this story, and I've brought it up before. Um, my family members of mine have been in the military. My grandfather was a Navy officer for years, and when I vaguely brought up years ago that I saw something in the sky, his response was immediately like, oh, you, you must have seen a rocket launch or something. I'm like, there is no, there's no rockets around here. That Like, there's no launch pad. Oh, it must have been a secret one. <laughs> okay whatever and then and then he's like you you don't know what you saw and i was like i wasn't trying i was like dude i just saw something weird in the sky and he goes it was probably swamp gas i'm like where i live in virginia seriously and he goes you don't know what you saw don't bring it up you're gonna embarrass yourself so he grew up a few i mean he was in the military a few years removed from project blue book hmm. so I've never had the guts to ask follow-up questions on that one because he was very, like... It, it was one of those moments I very rarely have seen my grandfather be, like, to the point on something, but that was one of them. Hmm. Didn't you speak know, to me the rest of the day. This this subject really gets under certain people's skin. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it makes people feel really small. It makes people feel ins insignificant. Uh, it's yeah. terrifying. Uh, you think about... 
uh, wherever these things come from, the future, different dimensions, outer space, who who the hell knows, wherever the it oceans. is, that makes them more the powerful future. than we are if they're able to travel here and do all this stuff. So yeah. we're, we're just ants in an anthill, essentially. So I, I could see why people would be upset talking about it. Yeah, it, it's, uh, a, it's I, a tough pill to swallow. Not to mention like, like the said, ridicule was... that other people have no problem doing, being just like, ha ha, you're stupid. Yeah, Which isn't like, as bad anymore, but I don't you know, think back so, in the day, yeah, apparently oh, back yeah. in the day it was a big deal, and I even remember as a kid, like I've always been interested in this. So if it, the subject would come up, I'd be like, "Oh, what's going on over here?" You know, a little kid under the under the legs listening, and uh, yeah, it's the same thing back in the eighties. It was uh, ridicule. It was uh, making fun of people, and yeah. oh, well, how much did you have to drink, or you know, something like that. I, I, and that came up a couple times in this documentary. Like somebody, did, you know, yeah. literally, some of these witnesses were like, "Well, what was he on?" Blah blah blah. And it's like, dude, <laughs> there are there are certain drugs that make you hallucinate, and not everybody has access. <laughs> Bud Light to, is not one of yeah, them. <laughs> Bud Light is not. <laughs> I mean, I lighten up a big old doob. That doesn't do anything. Come on. I went Derek to college. Tell you you know, about I, that. I, I drank plenty. I drank plenty of booze, and I can right. tell you that that does not make you see anything exactly. other than the floor a little quicker, maybe in certain circumstances. Bingo. But, Bingo. Or, or uh, no. beauty where it's not, perhaps. I don't know. But um, the speaking of drinking and the eighties. Rendlesham Forest incident. I'm segueing to that because That's one hell of a segue. This is an yeah. award-winning segue right there. Zinger. Because one, it takes place in the '80s, and two, one of the excuses was, oh, everyone was freaking blitzed out of their minds, drunk from the Christmas on duty. party. <laughs> on yes, duty. while on duty. So December 26th and December 28th of 1980, over in Rendlesham Forest near Staffordshire, England. Um, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to go into every single detail with this because that's a podcast episode on its own, which David, did you ever cover I did. that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We covered that I, sorry. It's one of those. I was, I was really thinking, I'm like, I feel like I remember you talking about it, but we've had so many conversations and Derek, <laughs> have you had any reports of Rendlesham Forest activity recently? I don't think so. I, I can't All recall. Right, cool. All right, cool. So this whole thing takes place between RAF Woodbridge and um, the U.S. Air Force Base that's there as well. Basically, they see something. There's plenty of recording. There's documentation of it. There's a huge cover-up that's being done. There's memo. There's a whole ton of stuff. And I just wanted to go to you guys, Derek, first with this one because I went to David last time. What are your thoughts on the Rendlesham Forest incident as documented in this documentary, because there are stuff that's come later that was not featured in this documentary. Now, before I start, uh, I'm, I'm getting older, but okay. am I wrong? Justin, have you said I'm going to start with me like three times in a row now? <laughs> no, I went to David last time. <laughs> Two times in a row. Okay. Uh, no, I'm I'm joking. I'm trying to alternate. I'm trying to alternate. Oh, okay. you okay. should write, you should write down whose turn it is because I think he keeps skipping David. Um, <laughs> put a put a post-it note over our picture on the Zoom. <laughs> you, you know what? I'm yeah, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put D for on David being D next. on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So Rendlesham, that, that's a crazy case. You know. Uh, there are two air, two air force bases, the the uh, English base and the American base there, and 
one night something weird showed up and I think it showed up like three nights in a row and on the third night it kind of landed in the woods between the two and they went to investigate and like Zenger said there's recordings which you hear in this documentary and mm-hmm. something else I thought was really cool in this documentary was the they reported divots in the ground three divots where something had landed and presumably like a tripod had come out and yeah. uh, pushed holes in the ground so they casted those holes and you can actually see one of them in this documentary I thought that was super cool um, I know from other documentaries that they that it was claimed that those were just rabbit burrows. I've seen I've seen that claim as perfectly well. perfectly symmetrical in in like how they were divvied up. But <laughs> rabbit I, rabbit burrows also go down into the ground so that the rabbit could actually get into it. These divots were like a popcorn bowl or something, or pie tin possibly or thrown in air in in Oregon. Oregon Oregon <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> Um, David, go, go, going to you. Uh, thoughts on Rendlesham and and the the the, ins- the British Roswell. I uh, I remember covering this in a in an episode, and it's been years, like five to six plus years, because Dave was with me when we covered this. Um, I remember after doing research on it that I didn't believe a single thing about it. Uh, and I, now I can't remember why, <laughs> but um, I think one of the one of the things that got to me about it was uh, James Peniston's um, his his testimony about it changed a lot over the years, and it got really weird with some of the um, markings oh, and yeah. the language that he thought maybe was and that like dreams or something was. Te- yeah, there was like uh, telekinesis, not telekinesis, uh, some sort images of images um, or something, right? Yeah, or something it's images that came yeah. to him. Um, now, that's why I said it's portrayal in this documentary. Yeah. Well, I mean, in because this, that's it looks all absent. Real... Yeah, exactly, exactly. Everything it... looks straightforward in this documentary. Yeah. I mean, they present everything as almost as fact here. I yeah. do, I so, do appreciate that he had everybody that was involved in it talking this because that's interesting mm-hmm. to me. You know, it, it, yeah. to have the yeah. actual witnesses of these events um, to talk about them and the the lectures, some of the lectures or whatever that they've given on it. There was footage from that. Um, you, as you said, he showed the plaster cast, which um, he also said when he went around it, he didn't see any landing gear, but then was like. Here are the divots in the ground from landing mm. gear. I, I don't something like that. But um, so I don't know what it could be if it if if it's fake. Like why did they all make recordings and make a big deal? And to this day, they're you know they stick to their story and stuff. But at the same time, there's a lot of um, a lot of information that has changed and morphed over the years with it, which makes me kind of skeptical of his story but it's kind of how all much over the sense place. does it how much sense does it make to fake something like that you know you're on duty working for the military like i mean you, you really could get bored and have like fun that? but why stick to it for so long that's the other thing not yeah. just him like he i think he went crazy with it peniston penis ton but um the other guys that are involved I, uh, why would they stick to it and and be willing to talk about it on camera years and years and years and years later? You know, that's that's the sticky point with it. So, Sometimes people just get in too deep and they, you know, you, you can't get out. You just maybe. ride the ride. Mm-hmm. So the things I've heard after the fact now, because like I said, none of this is brought up in this, but on the more in-depth stuff I've seen is 
he signed an NDA and that that ran out. Yeah. So that, that, when that ran out, he revealed more information. Like he was able to talk more about it. And apparently there's another one he signed that he can't talk about that stuff. The stuff that gets me is the whole, it's not Morse code. It's, um, Oh, the, the language was, um, Oh, it's whatever computer speak. One zero zero one. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you. Um, that, that apparently there was a binary code. It was a map, right? Or coordinates? Coordinates to High Brazil yeah. or somewhere near where High Brazil is allegedly at. But it's it's one of those things that that part of it kind of makes me scratch my head on. Why was that something? Because that, that, that comes up later on. That's And I was looking to see when he brought that forth. Like I said, I don't know. Obviously, this, this got ran up the chain, too. Like, like this was something that that involved like Ministry of Defense getting involved, all this other stuff. So I mean, it, if it was a hoax, they took it pretty dang seriously right. for a while. Plus, I mean, if it was somebody hoaxing it, I don't know why you'd want to go hoaxing something where there's people with guns who could <laughs> shoot you for trespassing very quickly. So it's also it's also a possibility that this was some sort of military craft that they were testing out or something, and these. You know, guards just like, oh, what's going on over there? And he just kind of stumbled into it. So True. it's 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 the need to know. They weren't yeah. in the need to know. Yeah. They were simply they still aren't. <laughs> yep. So so that okay. And there's also like, like I, said, I, I also love the the excuse that it was a um, antenna that was on the coast that was flashing no, no, red. No, no, lighthouse. Oh, it was a lighthouse. lighthouse. Okay. Yeah, that I think in the recordings he talks about like there's the lighthouse. Yeah, and then he said it's moving, referring to the object, not the. Yeah, lighthouse. they they did say it was like it's coming right for us a couple times. So yeah, I'm surprised they didn't <laughs> yeah, shoot it. Didn't at it. <laughs> you you nah. know what? Maybe it was the maybe it was the lighthouse that um took those three um lighthouse keepers. Shoot, uh, hey, got, yeah, we're we're all forgetting what that is, but that came. Flan and Isles, no, the uh, yeah, 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 the yeah. Island Moore, Elon Moore, yeah, which is funny because. Yeah. A real quick, when I was, uh, I, I visited the Isle of Skye last month, and they had a, uh, a a map on the wall of this um, this one establishment. I was looking at it, and right off the coast of one part of Isle of Skye, there was Island Moor. And I was like, what? I'm like, that we're that close to this thing? And I asked the person who, who was running the place, I was like, is this really... The, the island more like the one from the lighthouse uh, story where the three and she had no idea. Like she didn't, <laughs> but cover up, cover up. But I was, was like, wait, up. okay. Um, looked it up and it, and that the actual one from the story was way the hell away outer Hebrides, like super far North. Um, but they have two islands that were, that were, na- and it's just, that's just the name more Island. So, like Roger Moore or Michael Moore. Or I was going to say, is it a request? Or they Alan need more island. More, more, more island, island, please. <laughs> I mean, it's a tiny island. They need all they can get. But um, no, I, I got sorry. A fever. I just... <laughs> the only prescription is more island. Is island more. Um, anyways, I uh, thought I'd throw that in there because that kind of uh, scared me for a minute. I was like, we're going to get disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I can't segue to the next one perfectly with that. I, you, you know what? I set the 
I set the bar too high with the last one. Japan Air Japan Airline cargo flight 1628 incident. Um, this took place in November 17th of 1986 over the... I thought this was over like the Bay of Alaska or like near the bottom of Alaska. No, this thing was flying straight through Alaska apparently. Like this incident. So... Basically, what happened on a Paris to Tokyo flight, um, giant, this giant, like, object shows up. And the sighting lasts for almost an hour of this giant, huge object following this plane um, through, basically, the majority of the internal part of Alaska. Which, if you want me to throw out something crazy real quick... Alaskan Triangle, that's straight through where that is. And this huge object basically followed the plane during this time. And this is a big plane, because it's one of the big, like, cargo planes. And they were even like, this thing that was following us was huge. Um, that That's another one they go over in that. This is one I remember as a kid always seeing on documentaries. And I was always mm-hmm. like, whoa. Because, um, like, the pilots came out and talked about it. Everybody talked about it. I just always thought it was, like near Alaska. I didn't realize they were like over the state. So, um, David is the D that was written on the paper for this one. So David thoughts on nailed it. The, the, the Japan airline flight cargo flight 1628. This one was uh, a new to me. I hadn't heard about this one before. Yeah. So, uh, I thought it was very compelling. Um, I, I have have nothing to add to it. I don't know anything more about it than what was in there, and I thought that was very interesting. Derek, go ahead. Uh, my favorite part about this case is the radar. The radar hits. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they had this thing on radar. I, I'm pretty sure confirming the size. You know, yeah. that this was a, a beast of a craft. Uh, Any time you have that validation, you have a pilot that sees it, and you have radar on the ground that sees it. Uh, it's meaningful. It doesn't mean it's a space alien, but it's meaningful. It means something's yeah. up there is what it means. Yeah, I, yeah, the the recordings that they had of it were super interesting, right? Like, yeah, very difficult to hear, but super interesting. Why is mm-hmm. it always so hard to hear those? Like, if you're an air traffic controller, do you, are you just trained to pick voices out of static or... Every time you hear one of those recordings, it's just the worst quality imaginable. You know what it is? Have you ever been to an airport? (laughs) The audio on (laughs) any audio there is terrible. (laughs) Welcome, Paris. That's right. You got a point. Very important announcement right now. (laughs) Please stand by for an important announcement. (laughs) Last boarding call for flight 309 to Tokyo. (laughs) Uh, it, it was a cargo plane, right? There was like a yeah. FedEx plane or something like. No, you know what? They were hauling wine. They were. They were. They were hauling wine. Oh, that's remember funny. Because that. you can get a butt of wine, so they were literally hauling ass. <laughs> so, so I, I guess if we're going with the whole conspiracy theory on this one, they were drinking the supply. And that's why they saw it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. 
Um, no, I mean, who, need, it, who needs Heineck? We got Zenger. Yeah, exactly. I, I solved this one. It, it was the wine fumes leaking out. Um, it's the Mary Celeste of the air. I was thinking that too. But I, I think one of the like, it was solved was like they said it was like plankton or something that iridescent plankton that it was reflecting off the ocean. Wow. Or something. And that shows I, I think up on this radar. Is this one. Huh? Yeah, exactly. It's one of those like, oh well, it, it, you know, it, Alaska has just weird stuff happening in it. R- r- who cares about radar? It's like if I'm flying in something, I really like to know my radar is like being responsive to what's around me. Because I mean, it's it's one of those crazy things. I, I like I said. It, it's weird. It's one that I've seen a few times, and it's the shape of it. It looks like Saturn. Basically, oh, yeah, it's like it's this big, giant ball. ball with a with a like ring around it. Hmm. Just it looks around. just like plankton, exactly <laughs> like plankton, just like plankton, <laughs> iridescent plankton. Um, the next thing I have before we get into a, another photo and some final things, does Anderson Cooper age, Derek? <laughs> Like a fine wine, I, 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 I doubt I'm, it. It I'm doesn't asking, look like, like a butt of wine. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I mean, the asking, clip was 12, 13 years old, and he looked exactly the exactly same. Exactly the same. Exactly the same. Because that's my first thing. I was like, wait, what? Anderson Cooper doesn't age. Terrifying. He's got them uh, that that Vanderbilt family secret. Vanderbilt jeans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Money, yeah. money does that. <laughs> um, money does do that. I... I <laughs> I don't have any money, but I know people that do, and they look like they're 30 yeah, years younger than I'm they the crypt are. keeper. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just 41. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, I, I just, I, I, when I was taking notes, that was one of my notes was, does Anderson Cooper age? <laughs> there, there was another one. I'm like, dang, Larry King's been old forever, too. But He's I, dead I now, right? I, I was about to yeah, say, he, 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 is, he, he died a few years ago, but man... He had that look for a while. He had that look for a while. Like, like Anderson Cooper just isn't aging. Larry King's been old forever. <laughs> Larry King was old in Ghostbusters. If you remember his cameo in that a hundred years ago, he was old yeah. then. A, yeah. a quick, quick Larry, Larry King story, if if I may. Oh God, I think I've heard this before. Do it. Oh, please do it. Oh well, now I feel pressured. I, I haven't heard the story's that good. <laughs> um, no, I, I used to live by a CVS in L.A. and. I just went in there one day to pick up some beer, probably some wine, actually, and uh-huh. literally ran right into Larry King. We both came around the aisle. I'm like, oh, Larry King, and he just did not – he was not interested. He just kept going, but I ran into Larry King. Wow. It, it would have been better if he went, oh, Derek Hayes, and then just walked off. <laughs> it would have been much better. Terrifying, but much better. Just no no more interaction. Just he said – you said his name, and he says yours, and he just walks off. <laughs> Wow. But um, also, um, I need to talk about today's sponsor, Box of Wine. Um, <laughs> Franzia. But wine. <laughs> uh, it's the, not the, just for prison anymore. <laughs> uh, the, the, the next sighting I want to go over um, is this Lagra di Cota photo. It's the photo that was like taken from a surveillance like plane. Mm. Oh. And once again... <laughs> Yeah. We got a pie tin flying through the air. At least I, they're consistent. I and and it's was taken um near Costa I think it was Costa Rica, but it's just this weird like 
basic ground shot and then there's a random silver disc just sitting there it's like google if google maps had taken this uh photo and you yeah. found found the something I, it doesn't look like a ufo to me that, that's just me it, personally it just kind of looks like a, a mistake or a smudge or something the edges are very defined but it still doesn't look like it's part of the photograph yeah. in my opinion yeah. it, it, there's something off about it and i don't know what it is see i thought this was a different photo because there was somebody that was talking about a very compelling photo that was taken from like one of these and i found out right before we recorded it was a completely different photo, but I'm like, nope. I put it down. It's noted. It seems I'm to be a pattern with, with you. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? You watch enough UFO documentaries and listen hey. to enough podcasts, they all blend into you gone crazy. You're yeah, preaching yeah. to the choir, man. <laughs> that is true. So, but no, I mean, this this is something. I mean, it, it would be interesting. I know there's weird stuff on Google Earth that people find. I mean, the ones that, of course, the government didn't scrub away. But no, I mean, I, I thought this one was cool and I wanted to bring it up. It's not the most, if you showed me this first, I'd be like, okay, everything else you're going to show me now looks fake. But since this was later on, this one's compelling, but not as compelling. Well, if there the were reports ones. of somebody seeing this object and they caught it on the, the photograph, that would be a lot more compelling to me. Mm-hmm. I also so, this is another one I was wondering about the shutter speed for on on those types of mm-hmm. things. It's got to, I, I would assume it's probably pretty good if you're mapping from a plane. Um, yeah, that probably the speed would be good enough to to cut down on blur. So there is that, but I did it did make me question. Well, it said it took a picture every 17 seconds, I believe, and it was yeah. flying at high altitude, probably what 60,000 feet or something like that. Something like that. It's pretty high up. Um, I. I could just get the photo. There wasn't really much backstory from what I looked up on it. Um, I wasn't familiar with this picture, by the way. I'd never seen yeah, this before. Either. I, I'll, I'll send you guys the picture. I thought it was going to be, and yeah. Oh, like yeah, I said I was really disappointed. Don't confuse us. Don't <laughs> I, I, us your mouth. No, no, this, this is completely separate from the record. I'll, I'll send it to you guys because it. it I said, the one I heard, I was like, oh, man, that's really compelling. And then I saw, and I was like, oh, wait, it's a completely different photo. Whoops. Um,. <laughs> It's actually a still shot from, uh, uh, what's that movie with the aliens, Tim Burton, Mars Attacks. Yeah. Ruined, yeah ruined my own joke with my bad memory. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there, there is a lot of other photos they show in this one. There's one that was, it was taken near Vancouver, and I don't remember what it was. It was like a beautiful scenic photo of a mountain and then a UFO up in the corner. <laughs> like... If, if, if nothing else, this is a great lesson in how people could actually use cameras back in the day. Um, but another one that's, I guess, if we want to go to, we got some blurry photos coming up. The Belgian UFO wave that took place during November of 1989, which is kind of said to be similar in regards because it was a giant triangle or a larger triangle. To, of course, connecting back to the Phoenix Lights. We got that iconic image of that weird triangular um, UFO up in the sky that they showed a few times. And they had a few people that they interviewed. And I thought that was very cool that they went out and talked to people on the street in... It was in France, but near Belgium. Um, Going back to David for this one. Yeah, back to David. Um, what what are your thoughts on this Belgian wave and this very blurry photo? I it's 
about the same as the others. It's uh, it's it's interesting. I don't th- I don't know if it's as interesting as the Japanese one, but um, you know, it's 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 wild. And I I'm like you. I really appreciate that he uh, talks to so many different people, gets a lot of different um, opinions on it, and the people that were involved uh, as well talking about it and. You know, it's interesting that they're like, I I can't speak for this. And then the guy's like, well, what advice would you give the U.S. government for, for this sort? And he's like, I don't know. I'm I'm not in any position to give advice to the government. What are you talking about? Run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Derek, your, your your thoughts on the Belgian wave. Well, you know, it's funny. The thing about that flap is it's pretty identical to uh, the southern Illinois Black mm-hmm. Triangle Flap, the uh, Phoenix Lights, which wasn't a triangle, but it was like that Delta wing shape, boomerang shape. The Hudson Valley UFO was yeah. reported to be a triangle, which they briefly touched on in this documentary. And, you know, I, I obviously receive a ton of UFO calls, and I would say 70% are Black Triangle craft that people see. And I'm at the point now where this is most certainly some sort of government vehicle. Uh, some sort of government craft that I think it's some sort of high speed balloon or something along those lines, <laughs> which sounds counterintuitive, <laughs> but I think that's what it is because Derek's people report that it, 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 it hovers, it hovers uh, silently. You know, it's there. It just sneaks up on people and then psh, gone like in a flash. So in order for a balloon to take off like that, that's so you're that, saying it just pops. Order. Yeah, they, they yeah. A guy reaches out the back, pops it. <laughs> Speed Logan. is exactly what <laughs> <laughs> Um No, I mean, it's like, like I said, the photo's weird, and there is a lot of correlation with other stuff. We don't have a Python this time, though, but we'll take what we can get. Um, this entire documentary was vaguely based around the uh, National Press press club's ufo conference they did in 2007 a lot of nick Pope. So that was yes mm-hmm. yes there, there was there was a lot of that bill burns from history channel makes an appearance to ask a question he did not have his iconic hat and glasses so i didn't recognize him at first i did um, i did like how he was he was like a reporter he's like bill burns history channel you know? channel <laughs> like is that a legitimate news source or <laughs> i mean <laughs> Now it, it would be Sukalos, and and he would stand up, and and everyone would be blocked by his hair. But <laughs> but still, I mean, it it, it was just funny because I'm like I I remember that that was the time he was starting to like peek into like the UFO hunters and and all that stuff was about to burst forth onto the world. So it was just cool to see see him in this because I was like, oh hey, it's Bill Bird, cool. Um. But no, I mean, it's, it's cool because they had all these people there. They talked about, like, the government obviously knows something. What's the government doing? And even though it's several years later, I'm going to say there's a vague connection between all these questions being asked here and what gets revealed with To The Stars Academy and these this soft disclosure we're currently in, I think, still. Are, are we still currently in it? Is it still going on? There was just a new report last week, yeah. Okay. I covered it on this week's show. I Okay. I really think they could just pull the plug and or pull the ripcord, maybe, and people will be fine. We're all so well, That's what I was talking about on the days. episode, actually, was how boring these reports it, are and how they're essentially not telling us anything. Show us, show us something. Uh, well, I, I brought know there's videos up- out there. 
I brought up all these, brought all these to our attention. If just one of these had a report linked to it that the government released, here's what we actually found. Here's the truth behind that incident. That would be something. Once again, I God, I think I'm going three for three right now with this. Of I want to be in a room with some guy smoking a cigarette that throws a file down in front of me and, and like photos and documentation and stuff spills out. And he's like, there's everything you need to know about the incident. And I just get to look at it. In one small and then, empty file. <laughs> and, then he, and then he walks out and he tells the guard, kill him. Yeah. <laughs> he walks away. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I is anyone else not excited to look at microfiche and see what really happened? I don't trust it to be real. I, that's the thing. Like that's yeah. also the problem with this government stuff. Everything I read, I'm extremely skeptical of. So there's no fun in it, honestly. I mean, the the, the go fast and the gimbal video, like it's interesting, but mm-hmm. it's one of those things. Like we've had those, and those are like, if this documentary was made now. That would be like the headlining thing on it would be that. We'd also have some interviews with Tom DeLonge and everyone else from To The Stars Academy and everything. So like I said, this is at a strange point where we're asking for, where we were asking for disclosure. Now that we exist in the disclosure, we're kind of disappointed with it. Or, sorry, we're not disappointed. We're just, it's just not as exciting as we thought. No. I I think they could literally just say, hey, everybody. Guess what? Aliens are here. They 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 are here. They have been. Here's one right now, and it shifts, shape shifts in front of the camera and everything, and and people would be like, "Oh, neat! Now I gotta pay electricity." Back to Taylor. <laughs> I gotta Swift. I gotta buy fifty dollar <laughs> eggs. Like, what else is there? <laughs> oh man, Twitter's on fire again. Yeah, like <laughs> just tell people at this point that alien took our job. Yeah, I like, like I said, this was not the documentary I thought it was. But what did you I think it was going to so- be? I will discuss that later. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I don't know which one it is, and I have refused to look it up because I'm going to be so disappointed with myself when I find it. I'm like, oh man, this was the good one. <laughs> not saying this one was bad. It's just it, it covers a broad spectrum, and I think it does a good job bringing all these topics. And that's why I was like, you know what? Let's just bring these topics up. Let's have us all discuss them and see what we each think about them. So I mean, Something about this film that I noticed and I, I appreciate as a quote-unquote filmmaker. Um, Big quote. This thing was filmed over like 10 years. If you notice the, the dates on some of these clips, um, what, what's uh, the astronauts? Gordon? Cooper? Gordon Cooper, thank you. The guy he, that was I, like I he, sad Don Knotts? <laughs> sad Don <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, he's talked slow his entire life, I think, because I keep seeing older clips. I'm like, oh, he just got old. And, you know, older people slow down when they speak. But no, I think this guy spoke a mile an hour even from birth. Um, what, what was I? What was I getting? At? Oh, oh, the you could tell that he filmed this over like a decade because the the Cooper clip was from '98 or something, and he had a Nick Pope clip that was from uh, 2008. So there's a 10 year span just right there. And he's in both of these shots, so you know he's out there doing the field work. He also flew all over the damn world to do yeah. this documentary. Yeah. He Heck spent yeah, a ton of money and a ton of time and ton of effort on this thing. Yeah, I, I did uh, really appreciate that. Uh, he also directed another one called Out of the Blue, which was another documentary done in 2003. 
And I was reading somewhere. I haven't seen it out of the blue in forever. And that's not the one I was thinking of um, for this. But I think if I remember correctly, it said that a lot of footage from that is reused in this with, like, updated, hmm. like, stuff and every like like he updates like coverage and stuff like that so i mean it's obviously this was a passion project for him and everything which i mean it's 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 still compelling and it's and it definitely is a snapshot of a place and time in our in paranormal culture yeah too like yeah, it, it is very interesting to go back and knowing what we know now i i think it was cool to go back and take a look at it um, I don't have a Rotten Tomatoes score for this. It doesn't have one, so sorry. Um, the IMDb the IMDb rating is seven point two. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's not, yeah, that's that's, not bad that's, for a UFO documentary. Yeah. Uh, let's check and see what Velm is at right now. Or, or have you guys not 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 watching the slow decline of that? I'm not even. Familiar. Is that the Scooby Doo movie? No, it's the Scooby Doo HBO show. That's oh. apparently people are very angry. Not I'm enough. Not, uh, not enough anime titties. I. I. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Scooby snacks. Okay, Velma is wow, currently right. sitting at a one point three. Wow. Rating. <laughs> Go for it. Um. Uh, thirty thousand reviews. So <laughs> on that note, um. I, I guess let's wrap this up. We we've had we we've been the knights at the round table. Uh. Derek, where can people find more from you? You can find me anywhere you find fine podcasts. Mine will also be there. It's not a fine podcast, but it'll be there too. Uh, Monsters Among Us podcast. Uh, it's a call show about monsters and aliens and ghosts and weird stuff. Uh, we, re- we release every Thursday. And uh, yeah, you can find me on social media as well. All right. David, where can people find more from you? You can find more blurry photos. Uh, same places where Monsters Among Us uh uh, can be found. Uh, I'm not putting a, a lot out there these Dollar days. Tree. <laughs> the Dollar Tree. <laughs> um, but um, you can also find me on Hysteria 51 um, and Quiz Quiz Bang Bang, my trivia podcast. I'm doing more stuff with those these days. Um, also, audiobooks. Just search Tom Lyons. I'll be there alongside Derek and a lot of those. Yep. And um, uh, that's, uh, yeah, those are the places you can find Hummy. I always forget to plug that. <laughs> um you can of course find Zygnus wherever you find great podcasts like the two others mentioned. That three four others mentioned. Sorry, there's so many. They're, they're, David, you're David, you're doing so many podcasts. Um you can find us where you find those great podcasts. Well, we're pop culture podcasts, so we cover everything in pop culture, so definitely check us out. That's Z E N G this and um uh, this has been another night at the round table. Bye.